0: It's a crime. This information has been suppressed this long. Now, let's get on with the podcast.
1: Okay, welcome back to another episode of the Steroids Podcast. This is Dan, bodybuilder from Thailand. going to have a friend on the show uh, today to help me answer your guys' questions. Uh, I'm just shooting the shit together on your questions. And uh, make sure that you go to steroidspodcast.com, www.steroidspodcast.com. And uh, listen to the podcast there. That's the preferred place to listen to the podcast. Um, there, there's a, the YouTube version is there, but also the podcast uh, MP3 version is there on the website. And also, then you can sign up for the uh, Steroids Podcast VIP email list, which is free, obviously. And what it does is it makes it so that, you know, when I get censored on social media because it's only a matter of time until I'm deleted again from social media, then I won't lose contact with you and um, I'll be able to tell you, you know, where to go to listen to the steroids podcast. I'll still be here, you know, where to go to find me if all my stuff gets deleted from the Internet. um, I'll still be able to communicate with you because I'll have your email address if you sign up for that. So. That's a pop-up that comes up after you've been on any page on steroidspodcast.com for about 20 30 seconds
2: welcome to, uh, to the questions part of the show today guys uh, I wanted to bring my friend on here who I talk about gear with openly uh, his name's Justin uh, so that we could we could just uh but he wants to remain anonymous you know just first name and and uh, so that we could be talking about the the gear in a way that is uh just casual and you guys can hear what it's like to talk when two guys are talking about uh gear because i know a lot of you guys you're not used to um talking about uh gear with anyone at all so it's a very private thing for you and i thought it would be interesting for you guys to hear about how uh it's chatted about between guys who use it so yeah justin's on the other side of the line yeah what's up guys and we'll just get into the questions now. So the first question is from Nick. Uh, So I supported you by purchasing the ultimate guide to roids, a great book. I recently purchased some Helios, which is injectable clenbuterol and Yohimbine, uh, 30 micrograms of Clen and 5.8 milligrams Yohimbine per milliliter, and I got a couple questions. I've heard people say you can use this for site injections and burn fat from specific body areas like inject into belly fat to burn more belly fat. Is this actually possible? All right. My my first thing that I, th- that I think is that, you know, it is going to have a very slight uh, effect because when you put it into the stomach, it's going to be more concentrated in that area as it goes then and leaks through the rest of the body into the bloodstream. But it's not going to have some kind of big uh, site enhancement effect like that because those are both uh, systemic drugs. They they make a systemic response in your body. They're not really that uh, targeted. Uh, the you know, might have a more targeted effect in the actual site that it was injected in. What do you think, Justin?
3: <clears throat> yeah, I mean, um, basically I have a little bit of experience with this product and I know people who have used it. Um, You know, back in the day, Dragon Pharma used to be quite big in the UK. A lot of guys used to use it. And Mm -hmm. um, I know this guy, he was uh, getting ready for a wedding, right? And he got this Helios, and it was pretty much the exact same thing, like injectable Climbuterol, injectable Uhymbine. And um, usually with this stuff, you, you obviously inject it subcutaneously with like an insulin syringe. Yeah. And, uh, it, it, it might have some sort of effect, almost like when you inject like L-carnitine. So if you're really lean, um, what a lot of guys used to do in the UK was they would get injectable L-carnitine and they would put it in like those so-called stubborn areas, like around the lower back love handles. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you do that before cardio and obviously we know injectable L-carnitine, the uptake is a lot better than oral L-carnitine, right? Yeah. So, you know, you can inject L-carnitine pretty much anywhere. It's a, it's a water-based solution. So, with this sort of stuff, yeah, it might have some of an effect, but like what you said, it's it's going to burn fat from your entire body, you know, not just those stubborn areas. So, yeah. Word of caution though, uh some people don't do very well with yohimbine, so I would yeah. if I was using that, I would definitely just try like 1 cc first fasted cardio in the morning and see how you feel and then maybe like a cc you know before you train it could be a good pre-workout as well the uh yo can really
2: (laughs) shock you can kind of make you go into shock if you don't know your tolerance for it um maybe like your blood pressure dropping or seeing stars or seeing certain colors feeling like a a very unpleasant feeling um, so it's especially combining it with another stimulant like that with clen. Uh, yes. The the thing with clen too is uh, you know you were saying is it uh, the next question that he asks is it like more uh, potent? Because he he asked the second question. What would you recommend for dosage? Is clen stronger as an injectable? Does the yohimbine make the effects of the clen more intense? And yes, the yohimbine makes the effects of the clen more intense. And so when you combine those like that, you can have a really uh, kind of extreme reaction to it where you feel uh, dysphoria or like you feel there's too much going on, kind of like going into shock a little bit. So I would definitely be careful with the dosage on that. But as far as Clen being stronger as an injectable, it's like 5% stronger, which is basically nothing because Clenbuterol is really uh, well absorbed by the gut. Um, for the dosage, I would say the same thing as Jeremy said, like um, half cc or one cc, and then seeing how you feel.
3: Yeah, I mean, um, you know, pretty much the same thing. Like with clen, usually people start with uh 20 micrograms a day and they taper all the way up. I know guys who have gone all the way up to 140, 160. Uh, I personally have also gone to 120, but I don't think that is necessary at all. Uh, you know, we were all at that one stage where we were all a bit young and foolish, you know, going up too high. And this particular guy who used, um, who used this product, he, his diet was good. His diet was clean and, you know, he, he shred down. He looked really good. He's also had bodybuilding experience in the past. Uh, but when you go too high, I know someone whose teeth like his tooth, it actually started chipping from the clan because he went too high. So it dried it out or something? I actually don't know. I mean, all of his teeth were fine, except like when he started going really, really high on the clan, like, Uh you know, at 160, his his teeth started chipping. So I would definitely like, yeah, I would definitely just stick at a CC probably like for a week or two and then, you know, bump it up slowly. I don't think you need to go over 80 mgs of, of clen, uh, mcgs of clen, yeah. to be honest with you.
2: So, this is the thing with clen, too, is that it is a fat, strong fat burner and it does work and it can be used, uh, like as a crutch for people who, um, cannot control their food intake and cannot control their diet, but it can only be used as a crutch to an extent. So, if you are not able to, um, you know, get mostly lose the weight that you want to lose when you're dieting with your diet alone without the cleanse. And then you, so you, you've figured out, you know, for, for what you're doing, you're not able to do that. And then you're like, well, I'm just going to blast this shit out of cleanse and try to get around, you know, the fact that I'm not able to successfully do a diet. You will lose some fat, but you won't meet your goals. It won't be strong enough for you to get the result that you want to get. And you're going to be feeling like shit, and it's going to be something that you're going to majorly regret.
3: Yeah. Um, As an alternative, I mean, since he's already purchased this, I can I can vouch for Dragon I have used their products in the past, and to be specific, I used their products from about 2017 to 2019. No, sorry, 2016 to 2019. So a good three-year run in the UK. Um, you know, they're good products, but I would also, like, you know, recommend, like, an alternative. Maybe looking at some ephedrine first. And uh, stand-alone clen is also very good, just the 20 MCG tabs. And um, the, the common combo that guys use is clen and T3. But with that, I would definitely say just keep the T3 low. Don't put the T3 too high, because... T3 will actually, if it's too high, it's gonna burn muscle. And T3 and clen, with that look, you get very flat and stringy, and uh, you don't really look like a bodybuilder when you take too much of those stuff. You look more like a underwear model or like an athlete, like a swimmer or something like that. You know?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. T3 is it'll <laughs> overpower all your steroids, including tren. Just a little T3 tablet.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's okay.
2: So uh, next question is from Effin, and Effin asks, "What's your opinion on sublingual administration of orals?" So, orals absorb really well orally. They they're like going into your stomach and going through your digestive tract. They have special chemical alterations on them that make them be able to withstand that and be able to have a very high blood uh, concentration so uh, when you when you take an oral and it goes through your stomach through your liver etc, you're getting a really high absorption like almost all of the milligrams are getting into your bloodstream uh, but if you hold it under your tongue and do a sublingual administration it kind of affects the way that it's absorbed in that, it doesn't go through the liver in that case on the the first pass metabolism and so part of the part of why oral steroids are really strong is because they stimulate uh, igf1 release from the liver but also from the actual individual cells muscle cells um, because all cells are able to create igf1 so if you if you are uh, taking them sublingually uh, it's going to hit faster because it's going to absorb straight into your bloodstream but it's not uh necessarily going to have a stronger effect i've never been impressed with uh injectable orals for example
3: what do you think yeah i mean the same thing if you're going to take an oral just you know take an oral like i can tell you what i do like if i'm having a if i'm having a meal like my pre-workout meal whatever pre-workout oral i'm taking whether it's you know, D-ball, Wincerol, Anivar, whatever it is, Anadrol, I'll just take it with that pre-workout meal, and uh, it works just fine. I do advise, though, sometimes taking orals on an empty stomach, not the best idea, Uh, so I definitely take it with a meal. I mean, putting it under your tongue, maybe, you know, maybe there is something to it. To be honest with you, I've never done it, and I I know a lot of guys who just take the orals the same way that I do normally.
2: Yeah. yeah, it's 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 getting too uh, caught up in all the small details and everything to be really worried about taking. You know how you take the oral. Sometimes people are thinking like, you know, how do you take it with food? How do you take it with not food? Uh, can you take it sublingually? Do you put it up your ass? It, it's uh, like, you know, just just take,
3: it, just take it, and it does its thing. Yeah, I mean the I guess the only thing that I would say is you know how sometimes you have these like check drops like you have you heard of like the clen check drops and stuff like that Uh I I I know of that but I've never used uh that Yeah, I would I would I would advise against check drops because you know how check drops you got to like lift up your tongue and you've got to like, put it under your tongue and like, keep it there for a while. Almost like when you're taking the CBD oil, you know, you got to do that. Uh, To be honest with you, like the check drops for like, steroids, when they've been done into check drops, it's very hard to dose because a lot of the stuff sometimes, if you don't mix it properly, some of the stuff can get suspended at the bottom and you might not get the full dose or towards the end, you might get like way too much. For example, research chemicals and stuff like that. They do um, oral AI uh, check drops, which are AIs, right? The anti-aromatase uh, inhibitors, which are check drops, and that's something you don't want to miss. dose. <laughs> trust me, you don't. Oh, like shaking that. it up really well
2: before you uh, use it, right? And because <laughs> yeah. it's in a dropper.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to. You don't want to do that. So, like with oral, same thing. Just take it and remember, guys, the half life, right? Remember the half-life of these things. Like if you're going to take, you know, like an oral, you, you want it in your system. You want to play around with that half-life. Don't just bomb everything at once. You know, split up your dosages. It's, it's still going to work. It's no problem. That's what I would Yeah,
2: I, I, I also prefer t- uh, taking them throughout the day, like with food, the same way that you were talking about. But I have noticed that, you know, the difference between taking it once every 24 hours with an oral Versus taking it uh, five times a day. There's really not a big difference. The main thing is
3: just that you're getting it in every day. Yep, that's it. I mean, uh, don't, 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 don't try to do so many things. Don't try and reinvent the wheel, you know. You get caught up in all the small details and stuff like that. You kind of miss the big picture. Yeah, right? yep, <laughs> yep,
2: yeah. Okay, next question is from Gustavo. <clears throat> A long-time listener, and I finally have to ask: Is there anything you can take to help with premature ejaculation? Some way to extend the longevity of sex without ejaculating? Well, Trend. you know what? Yeah, yeah, t- t- Trent, that is the answer <laughs> for that. Um, you know, I would I would say that a lot of guys who are uh, younger guys, especially, because it's one of those things that when the younger you are. The quicker you kind of ejaculate, although it it wouldn't it wouldn't just completely go away because you're older. It's it's sort of a genetic thing, but the ejaculation thing is like a reflex. When a certain threshold of uh, chemicals in your brain is hit, where it triggers this uh, reflex, and mm-hmm. uh, m- most guys, you know, if they almost everyone that uses uh, uh notices, whoa, you know, it's it's harder to ejaculate now, and that can be. Um, up to the point where they cannot ejaculate, it's impossible. Um, or, you know, they can't get an erection, etc.
1: Which then, by using various amounts of cabergoling or permipexel can uh, mess with that.
2: I would say that using steroids in general, though, kind of like
1: uh, makes it so that the person does not ejaculate as fast.
0: Yeah,
3: I mean, um, trend without caber, right? That's the mm-hmm. one thing. You can put in 10 mg of Cialis, or you can put in some Viagra before you before you get the job done. Uh, yeah, that's first, a bit, you know what? Yeah, Vi- Viagra
2: definitely uh, increases the yeah. time.
3: Yeah, and uh, you know, to to certain effect, if you you know if you're gonna take Tren, you're gonna have Trend Ace, maybe with a faster acting test like Test Pro, and then you're gonna put in some Master on there, and you don't take any Cabergoline. Um, Or maybe you put like uh, 50 MGs of ProViron on top of that. That's like the porn star stack, (laughs) pretty much.
2: Yeah, that that will, the ProViron will increase the amount of times that you want to do it per day. But I don't know if that'll decrease the time it takes in order to, uh, or or increase the time it takes in order to ejaculate it, though. You know, one, one thing that definitely works, and everybody knows this works, is alcohol. If you drink some alcohol... Uh, before you have sex, you will have a delayed ejaculation. Um, Another one would be Kratom. Uh, Kratom has a a major effect in delaying the um, time to ejaculation. Have you ever tried that?
3: No, I haven't actually been able to get my hands on Kratom due to the part of the world that I'm in. Uh, It's hard to get Kratom. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. so if you guys
2: uh, have problems... With ejaculation uh, being too fast, taking steroids in general um, slows it down a little bit, and then Viagra, um, alcohol, kratom, and then uh, trend does it
3: the most. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> you guys just like try, take 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 my advice on this. You don't want to do you don't want to run insane dosages of trend because I've been on a gram of trend before. And that's like a two, three hour job. And when you get that high on the trend, you're disinterested in sex. You're un- sorry. You're uninterested in sex. You do not want it when you're that high. So, yeah, the, don't, the don't prolactin
2: it. can be pretty uncontrollable uh, in, in that when it's so high like that. Um, mm-hmm. you're, you know, that prolactin surge is the same chemical that's being uh, released when you uh, when climax during sex. Yeah. So yeah. you're kind of walking around with that same feeling in you um, all day long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My next question is from Quality of Life. He asks, love what you do. And I have the book Ultimate Guide to Roids. What's your take on using red ruby grapefruit to supposedly increase the potency of oral steroids if it works what's the protocol after eating the half a grapefruit how long after would i take anadrol or anabar to get the maximum effect well what grapefruit does is it has a chemical in it um i've for, i can't i don't have it on the top of my tongue the chemical okay but the kept the name of the chemical but this chemical what it does is it makes it so that certain enzymes In your body that are produced by your liver that uh, are involved in metabolizing drugs or breaking down drugs, getting rid of them out of the body are not made or their uh, production is a lot uh, lower. And so what that means is that the uh, any kind of medications that are normally affected by those enzymes, those enzymes are what remove those medications from the body, break them down so that you can then piss or uh, excrete them out Um, has not happened. So then it takes longer for your body to get rid of the um, medications or chemicals or whatever. And so how that can happen with the grapefruit is you eat the the grapefruit and you've um, reduced the amount of those uh, metabolism enzymes in your body. And now the ability to break down hormones is not as high in your body. So there's like uh, eating grapefruit and a woman taking birth control can make it so that uh, the birth control has a different effect and she can get pregnant. Um, taking grapefruit can potentiate certain other medications and make them uh, more, more powerful, which can cause like an overdosage or something. And then with uh, stuff like steroids, it can make it so that uh, the, the steroids then stick around in your system better. They're not eliminated better. And that's how they can make it stronger. As far as like a protocol of taking it, it's more of like just that you ate a grapefruit. If you eat like a two or three grapefruits a week, those enzymes will be reduced in your body and um, your, it will be more difficult for your body to uh, reduce the levels of hormones in your body. So there'll be more buildup, uh, but there's no, not really any protocol to it other than just getting it in.
3: Mm-hmm. So this must be why Kai Green is so jacked, because <laughs> of all the grapefruits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe that's why he had he had that grapefruit sitting around. Yeah. I remember
2: when when I saw that, that was one of the the weirdest things I've ever seen.
3: I mean, to the listeners, if you guys know, you know, like just Google Kai Green grapefruit. Not not yeah. that stabbing at Kai, but you know, just 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 a joke there. But uh, you know, to, to be honest with you, it seems like a lot of people just wanna to to uh, today are asking you know, the best ways to get, you know, the maximum potency out of their orals. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to be honest with you, I think, you know, like, like I said, yes, maybe there is something to it, but I just like to stick, you know, with, with the old school way of doing it, you know? Like, think about how the guys in the golden era did it, right? Like, three Diana Ball a day, like, with breakfast, and then probably, like, another three pre-workout, and, like, another three you know, with their next meal, you know, and they looked great. They looked fantastic. Of course, you know, back then you could get really, really, uh, you know, really good Dianabol from, from the pharmacy in America. And in some places, like in Thailand, you can still get really, really good, uh, you know, really, you know, really good D-Ball. Just like the ones I showed you when we were talking the other day, the pink pills, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's the same thing. Or the Blue Hearts, uh, Dianabol DS, which are 10MGs. The pink ones are Anibal, 5MGs. You know, you just, you just take it with your meals. It's no problem, to be honest with you.
2: Yeah, so you, what you're saying is exactly right. You're, you're focusing on the fundamentals. But what mm. you know that doesn't make you sound smart enough. Because if you focus on all these crazy, scientific, confusing little details that just confuse the shit out of everybody and they can't <laughs> understand anything anymore, then you sound smarter. And then people want to listen to your content. And so that's what, uh, you know, most of these guys probably that are asking these uh, these questions, they've, they've probably been hearing these guys on the Internet that, you know, uh, are saying, you know, oh, I know the science of the body. And, you know, this is how you take it to make all these little differences that have been seen in scientific studies that really don't have any effect. You know, it just changes the measurements a little bit in the scientific study on a small uh, subject size. And they're like, oh, well, this is the way you're supposed to take it. Uh, but what, uh, you know, Justin's saying about that, those, those are these small details, and that's not really what makes the difference uh, as far as, you know, what the ultimate outcome is and what your body looks like. Yeah, sure. You can make some differences on uh, some kind of testing or something like that, your little science papers, et cetera. But as far as the fundamentals of what makes your body look a certain way. It's not these little, tiny, um, little alterations and doing everything the best ways. It's, it's the fundamentals, that, and you need to stick to those. That's what's important.
3: I mean, yeah. So, like, okay, you can get someone like, you know, Jeff Nippert or whatever, right? And he's going to tell you, like, all the science and stuff like that. Bro science, very, very simple. You take whatever steroids you're taking. It's going to increase your performance, Right it's going to help partition the nutrients from the food that you eat. So what do you need to do? You need to go into the gym, put your muscles under the correct amount of tension, the appropriate amount of tension to cause micro tears in those muscles, right? And then the steroids, which are already in your blood, are going to dock to those receptors, right? Mm-hmm. And basically, it's going to make the food that you eat Go to the places where you want it to go. I mean, yeah, that's a very bro science way of thinking about it, but that's essentially what steroids do. They allow Mm -hmm. you to take steroids so that you can perform better in the gym. You can put your muscles under more tension for a longer period of time. All right? That's how you go. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Yeah. All right, next question is from Jacob. Hey, Dan, I was wondering if taking a shot in the shoulder has any stronger effect to causing gyno than the butt or thigh. By the way, love the podcast. Keep it up. <laughs>
3: no, no, it doesn't
2: have any effect. No. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah. It's you know I mean I think you're wondering you know if you t- took a shot of testosterone in your shoulder um, you know is it gonna since it's in closer proximity is it gonna get to your nipple more or something like that but like, that's that's not how it's it's doing like that it's gonna go through your full bloodstream and uh, it, it has no relevance no relevance
3: no definitely not you're right <laughs> but no it's, so, it's interesting it's interesting that that he's um, that people are asking these kinds of questions. I, the first time I did my shots, um, when I was uh, when I first started using gear, the first shot I did was in my shoulders, but oh, um,
2: that was a non intimidating spot for you.
3: Ah, bro, like literally the first time I started, he was like, Okay, <clears throat> take this and this one cc of this, one cc of that, then change the needle to like a 25 gauge needle and pit it on your right side and pit it on your left side. And I was like, "Oh, uh, can you show me? He was like, no, watch a video on YouTube. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, that, so that was uh,
2: your, your shoulders, how did you pick your shoulders as your first spot?
3: No, nah, he told me to do my shoulders. So I was oh, like, okay. Yeah. The
2: guy that was telling you how to use gear. Okay.
3: Yeah. I was like, should I do it in my butt? He's like, nah, don't do it in the glutes, bro. Do it in the shoulders. Um, But, uh, to be honest with you, if you're going to get gyno, some, some guys will get gyno because you might be predisposed to gyno or you might have some, have some gyno during your teenage years, you know? So, um, it's all about keeping estrogen in control, right? So Mm -hmm. make sure you know what kind of AIs you're taking and, you know, guys, if you, if you're having problems like troubleshooting, just give Dan a call, do the, do the consult or do the text message coaching and get, get that done because that is very important. You can't kill the estrogen in your body, right? You need some estrogen because if you kill the estrogen in your body, you're going to look flat. You're not going to look big and you're actually going to look softer. So you need a bit of estrogen in your body, but yeah, but you, yeah, but you need to range. control it. Yeah. But you need to control as you're it as if you were well. natural. Yeah. So, um, if you, if you, I don't know if you know this guy, he's, uh, he's a British guy. His name is Jordan Peters. Big guy. Uh, I know. I know him. Yeah. Huge guy. So so he's got this uh, trained by JP, his kind of app slash website. And he actually talks pretty openly about gear. Yeah, um Dosage-wise, I can't really say for sure. But um, as, at least he's talking about it, right? So he says that he likes to keep his estrogen, like if he takes tests, he likes to run as high of, of a test dosage as he can without taking any AIs at all. Right? And he'll only use them like really when it's needed so that's why blood work is so important so you actually know where your levels are yeah well yeah
2: you should use them to avoid side effects whatever your uh whatever Mm. amount of estrogen gives you uh side effects you need to use however much ai that you need to use to get rid of those but moving on to the next question um this one is from linus Hey Dan, big fan of the podcast. Glad to see someone spreading the truth in the business. Looking to start my first cycle soon and have bought some testinanthate ampules. Drawing needles are 21 gauge and 25 gauge needles to inject with. While reading about injection techniques, I noticed people recommending some special filtered syringes while using ampules. Is this a necessity or is it fine to use regular needles? Would suck to inject some glass and die. LOL. (laughs) Keep up the great work. You know, so I've used a lot of ampules. I prefer ampules to uh, vials. And I've never got a problem. I've never used one of those filtered. uh, I know what you're talking about. Those uh, needles that filter it um, or syringe that filters it on the way up. But um, most I can tell you right now that I've never met a bodybuilder who uses um, a filtered syringe for drawing from ampules, and I've never done it myself, and I've never known anyone who's had a problem.
3: Here, here's a big tip for Linus. Okay, get a get a nail file, right? You know those like metal nail files with the plastic bit that you can hold onto. Just on, on the perf- on, on the line of the vial, usually where it breaks. Just give it a few like swipes as if you're sawing it all around, and then get the um. Every time you get a needle, it's a it's a single use needle in a packet, right? Once you take the well, uh, sorry, it, uh, the syringe, it's a single use uh, syringe in like a in like a sealed plastic packet. Take the syringe out of that packet. And then now you've got, like, you know, an empty packet. Wrap the packet around the vial, uh, around the amp and then break it that way. So if anything does happen, you're not going to, you, you know, it's going to come off nicely, number one. Number two, if the glass does break, you don't cut your thumb or you don't cut your fingers doing it, you know? Most ampules are made to break easily anyways, but there are some ampules that don't break mm-hmm. easily. And I have had this thing before. Uh... Cooper Pharma, right? I was using Cooper Pharma during my last cycle. Those ampules are a bitch to break, and so many times has the glass kind of just shattered in, and and, and like fallen into the into the uh, into the amp. Generally, so,
2: yeah. Ge- generally, uh, yeah. pharmaceutical grade ampules are uh, easier to break than UGL yeah. ampules. And uh, yeah. what Justin said about giving it. A little swipe. If you use it, uh, you could use a knife or you can use a little file, like he was saying. Anything yeah. like that to kind of score the um, neck of the ampule will help it uh, open a lot easier. Once you get the technique down, opening ampules is nothing. It is a yeah. very, very uh, smooth process and not a pain in the ass to uh, pop ampules open after you've uh,
3: figured out the technique to do it. And it must the be next, very satisfying for you, right, Dan, popping all those Reamable amps, making you feel like a, like a high roller. <laughs>
2: I, yeah, I like, I like to pop uh and amps, or any, any you know, uh, Bayer amps in general um, definitely <laughs> pop very easily there, a good quality for that. Okay, the next yeah. question is from Trevor. He asks, I have a few questions for the podcast. First one How do you deal with the negative stigma associated with bodybuilding, anabolics, and performance enhancing drugs? I understand it comes with the territory when you use, but friends and family don't understand in the slightest. In addition, I started 250 milligrams testinanthate eight weeks ago and put on size and fullness quickly. I'm asked nearly daily at the gym uh, what I'm doing. I don't openly say it's the gear but more so intense training and nutrition. I don't feel like I'm lying to them, but more so protecting myself since I live in a small town and everyone will talk that they found out. They don't understand bodybuilding at all and I have aspirations to reach a high level competitively. The majority are against them and would say it's cheating, <laughs> etc. Just wanted your thoughts and opinion on this all. Keep up the great work on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Well, the first thing I, I have to uh, say is that, you know how you said you, you don't feel like you're lying uh, to them. You're just protecting yourself. You're you're right. You don't have any obligation to tell them what you're doing because it doesn't what you're doing doesn't affect what they're doing. But the fact that you are answering, you're asking this question shows that it's bothering you. You're an honest person and you don't like misleading people. So you're doing something and uh, your people are noticing that you're having uh, changes to your body. They're interested in what you're doing. And you, you seem to be fine with the decision that you made, but you don't want people to think negatively of you. And then you also uh, feel un- uneasy about telling people that it's your, your diet and training. You wish that they could understand.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. So you know exactly why, Dan, why I have to remain anonymous on this podcast, right? It's, pretty, it's, it's, uh, it's a very similar story. Uh, I mean, t- t- to answer, to answer Trevor's question, you know, how do you deal with the negative stigma associated with bodybuilding and anabolics? You know, you choose your friendship circle. You choose the people who you, who, who you choose who's in your life, right? You know, if everyone else has something to say about it, okay, fine. They do have something to say about it. All right. that, that everyone's entitled to their own opinion. As you get older, your friendship circle gets smaller. Like, look at, look at, you know, Dan and I, like, we talk openly about this stuff because Dan understands and I understand. And so do some of the other people, you know, that do this. They understand. Right.
2: But it's usually so- not a process too where, where you, you know, as soon as you start like this guy, you know, your first cycle, you're comfortable telling people what you're doing. It's usually something that you get more comfortable with as time goes on.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you and you know, he says that he wants to reach a high level competitively. You know, come on. You, you look at a bodybuilder, even at an amateur level, they're juiced to the gills, bro. <sighs> right? Yeah, they're juiced juice to the gills. You think that looks natural? Come on. You think oh, that looks natural? Yeah, when you just,
2: when you when you're even it. not when you're not even big yet. Uh, but like you know people started asking you what you're doing and stuff. You know, if they're talking about that then like behind your back and everything, they're already saying like oh he's he's on roids, how are the steroids? He's he's a juicer. <laughs> <Damn. laughs> yeah. You know, these uh you know it, it's that's why I think it, it's better because you know if you're if you're uh a fake natty or something like that, or just if you're not open about, you know, what you're doing and you're getting asked questions all the time about it and stuff, it really just becomes this weight on your life where you're like, fuck, you know, I've got everybody uh, knows that I'm doing this uh, thing with the hormones, but I'm trying to like live this lie or something. And, you know, it just feels uh, very relieving to be able to say, you know, I use, I use a hormone. I use
3: a male hormone. Yeah. Or you can say I use muscle tech, cell tech, and NitroTech. <laughs> you can say that as well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but no, you know, in, in all seriousness, I, you are right. It, it really is a weight. But, you know, like I said, if you, you, everyone's situation is different. So like I can relate to this because this is something that I'm going through, but I understand that in order to do what I love doing, which is bodybuilding, this is part of it. And this is a part that's never going to go away. You know, some people are just too stubborn. They won't change their minds. So why do I have to bother trying to change their minds, trying to convince them that, Oh, it's okay. No, 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 Dude, just do you right. If you want to, you want to go pro, You know, you want to get on stage, you want to be competitive, then do what it takes, right? But you got to make sure that what you're doing is not causing harm to someone else, right? You understand that this is your responsibility, that you're an adult to choose what you, you know, to choose what you put in your body. Okay. And you understand that there are consequences. All right, live with it. As long as, you know, you're injecting your test, but... That's fine, but then you're not hurting anyone else. I don't see a problem with that at all.
2: Yeah. And if other people don't want to like you because of what you're doing, they think you're an idiot or they think you're, you're Satan or they, you know, they, they don't like you because you do that, you take male hormones. Well, you know what? You probably don't like them either. They're probably, you know, who cares about that person? You know, not everybody's going to like you and you don't like everyone else too. So if you yeah. go through your life trying to make everyone like you, you know what, yeah. that, that's a that's a very sheep mindset. You know, you know, yeah. you don't like everyone. How the hell could you expect everyone to like you?
3: Yeah.
2: All right. Next and, question. Yeah. Um, the next question is from Big Russ. Can women take provirin safely and get the same increased sex drive effect? Or are there any other drugs like aromatase inhibitors or low dose Anivar or something that women can take for a similar outcome? After two kids, my wife's sex drive is tanked and I'm juiced up and horny all the time. This has obviously caused tension. She wants to find a safe way to boost her sex drive without getting male hormone side effects. Thanks, bro. Well, you know... Definitely, there can be tension from unequal sex drives in a relationship, but that's also very normal to have unequal sex drives because a man's uh sex drive biologically he's al- always ready to have sex, where a woman biologically only about uh two weeks out of a month, she's getting that same um, stimulus, hormonal uh stimulus um what do you What do you think, Justin? about providing? two
3: words Oh, well, two words. Female Viagra. Have you heard of this thing,
2: filibastrin?
3: Mm, filibastrin. No.
2: It actually works.
3: Well, yeah. It, I mean, it's it. It's kind of it's kind of like male Viagra, but it works in a different way. Because male Viagra is sildenafil, uh, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Solid sildenafil, solidif- solidif- however you pronounce sildenafil, it. Sildenafil. Solidif- yeah. yeah, citrate, right? So this one is based kind of off that, and it pretty much you know, makes a woman more interested, you know, or uh, more turned on, shall we say. So Really? Because
2: w- Viagra doesn't make a man more turned on. It just makes blood go to your dick. So Yeah, that's why it works. It's got a different
3: mechanism, you see. Okay. It's like female Viagra. Another thing that, uh, from personal experience, I knew this one guy. He used to get, you know those testo testocap, the testosterone caps, the gel caps? Mm-hmm he used to like melt them into an oil I and mean, he used to cook with it and he used to put it in the food to give to his wife. Wow. Yeah. And then he, he told me that he would say that his wife would get like really, really horny.
2: I'm sure she would. Uh, did she get any side effects from having, uh, eating testosterone?
3: That's uh, the testo, I mean, that's such a low dosage from the gel caps. You just put one or two in and put it in food. I'm sure you won't get any side effects from that. I mean, if we take that testo mm-hmm. testo testogel thing, we'll probably have to take the whole damn bottle, right? You know? Yeah. So uh I don't think there's gonna be any side effects from that. But mm-hmm. Proviron, no, nah, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't give Proviron to, to a woman, no. Nah.
2: Okay, yeah. So so with the with the sex drive, you know, you you were talking about the uh the woman uh having a testosterone like an androgel capsule. Uh, and I mean, male hormones increase her sex drive. So the same thing that he was saying about, like, low-dose Anivar or something, like, absolutely that will increase a woman's sex drive. Again, you're talking about male hormones. If she's got, you know, something other else, like you said, AIs or aromatase inhibitors, uh, Russ, uh, that's not going to help her sex drive. Decreasing her estrogen levels, that's not going to help her sex drive. But if she takes male hormones like Anivar, or uh testosterone androgen tablets or capsules like that that would increase her sex drive. You know, I think that the mo- the the biggest thing that uh in- increases increases sex drive uh in women is when they are low stress, so they are not having uh, a huge amount of stress in their life when they have a good exercise uh, and diet, uh, they're generally fit and uh they're they're Not having a contentious relationship with you those are are really the biggest factors for female sex drive not uh not uh chemicals and 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 all this stuff it's uh yeah it's what about a very
3: low dose of growth hormone
2: uh growth hormone shouldn't have any kind of sex drive effect it uh is not a sex hormone it's a uh protein it's an amino acid
3: you know, because, like, well, well, why I'm saying that is because growth hormone, you know, it has on women, if it's a very, very low dosage, it does have, like, anti-aging benefits and stuff like that, right? And, uh,
2: yeah, it has regenerative effects and yeah. uh, tissue thickening, like, for uh, skin and everything like that.
3: So, I don't know if, 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 if that would help, but um, with, with this guy's thing about Anivar, please make sure your Anivar is real. If you're gonna give Anavar to your wife, please, please, please make sure it's Anavar and not Winstrol, because if it's UGL stuff, a lot of the times uh, Anavar is is a, is, pretty, is a lot more expensive compared to Winstrol. So they're just gonna give you probably Winstrol, and instead of giving you 10 mg's of Winstrol, they'll in a 10 mg uh, Anavar tab, they'll give you five. Yeah. Yeah. So please make sure it's real.
2: All right. Next question is from Garrett. He just had some questions. So I used to take anxiety medication and SSRI. So an SSRI is something like Prozac or Zoloft or Lexapro for depression. And they use it for anxiety too. And I wanted to start running gear. So I quit taking those and I feel amazing on testosterone. I run 400 milligrams a week. I've been off for over a year and been running psych okay, off his SSRIs for over a year and been running cycles ever since, but my anxiety is pretty much gone. I'm just trying to figure out, is there any research having high test levels gets rid of anxiety? Thanks. Well, yeah. So if you started with low uh, test levels, which can also be a symptom of anxiety and depression, then uh, you will have mood swings and you will feel out of control of your emotional state, um, more anxiety, more social anxiety, stuff like that. And that's something that um, steroid users experience when they go off cycle or when they're in PCT. That's why they uh, bodybuilders don't like that, don't like going on PCT, don't like going off cycles, because, uh, I mean, you'll experience those things. When you have low testosterone, you experience the effects of low testosterone you'll see your behavior mirroring guys who are around 50 years old, who you've noticed have low testosterone. uh, And you'll also feel way less in control of your mood. More like a bitch, more like a woman, more like, you know, uh, not that women are bitches, uh, but you will feel more like a a woman who is uh, not as rock solid in her emotional foundation as a man generally is.
3: Yeah, I I completely agree. I mean, uh, four hundred mg of test, I it's probably like test sip going 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 by the dosage, right? Four hundred mg of test is a really great dosage. Um, you know, I, I really don't see, uh, too much, you know, that's bad as long as your diet is in check and you're making sure your blood pressure is fine, and you know, whatever estrogen is in control. But definitely uh like what you said dan low test you don't feel like a man at all and uh that's why like like we were talking about it the other day why do you think i don't want to go off test i'll go off all the other stuff but i'll stay on the test right minimum 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 for me i don't even want to do a trt replace i don't even want to do a trt dosage i'd stay at like 200 250 a week and i feel great on that
2: I feel yeah, like that, that's reasonable. That, that's the higher end of TRT. Um, I, I know a lot of guys that, that get prescribed TRT at 200, 250 a week. And those are the guys that feel good. Then you have these guys who get prescribed at 125 a week or something like that. And those are the guys that are either liars on YouTube who, you know, look like bodybuilders and say, I'm on 125. This is the real dose. Or they're the guys who are on TRT, but they still feel like a, a bitch or like shit and not getting good PCP benefits. Yeah, or definitely. T.R.T. benefits.
3: T.R.T. benefits. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you if you, if you think uh, you know four hundred is is good, try and add in another CC and see how you feel. <laughs> That's what I mm-hmm. would say. Yeah, that shit is linear. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay, next question. Uh, this one is from Hidden Patriot. Dear Dan, have a couple questions for the podcast, but first, one is say. I bought your ebook and it's pure gold. Highly recommend anybody new or experienced get it and soak up the knowledge and experience Ultimate Guide to Roy brings to the table. My question is about steroids and diabetes. There seems to be quite a lot of men who have a history of steroid use that now have diabetes. Do you think their diabetes is more of a result of taking steroids for the diet side of bodybuilding, like overeating? If someone is pre-diabetic, what steroids can you recommend they use or stay away from and why? If this, if this question with the presumption that the person with diabetes or pre-diabetic has it under control. Okay, I don't understand the last part. That was confusing. But the general gist of his question is do steroids have an effect on diabetes? And yes, they do. And that it's actually the exact opposite of what you're asking. Um, Taking uh, any type of steroid, but especially testosterone, sensitizes your body to insulin and makes it so that your blood sugar goes down because it increases your uh, muscle cell insulin uh, sensitivity, making it so that your body needs less insulin in order to get your blood sugar down and it more like reduces your blood sugar levels when you go on testosterone. You'll notice that you are more hypoglycemic or have low blood sugar more often than you did before. Um, so, so guys, actually, one, one treatment uh, for, for diabetes, uh, type 2 diabetes um, is actually getting on testosterone replacement therapy. Uh, you know, it's not a lucrative, a lucrative uh, medic- medical thing. You know, the, the doctors, when you got type 2 diabetes, they want to prescribe you all this shit. So that you can, uh, they can make a lot of money prescribing you medications. No unpatentable natural hormones like testosterone replacement therapy, and so they're going to demonize this shit, and they're going to try to get you on all this patentable stuff and keep you away from fixing your low testosterone. That's going to fix your diabetes.
3: So I mean, you said history history of bodybuilding, right? So what about mm-hmm. the stuff, the other stuff they're taking, the growth hormone, the insulin? and all that stuff that is going to give you diabetes yeah yeah so you just think about it like that i mean look we're not saying don't take this stuff because like you know we both do just you know just be a bit more responsible It's like like it's it's a very interesting thing. Like, um some people are like, Oh, you know, I I took I took D ball and like I I blew up, I look like the Michelin man and I got really watery and fat. Bro, it's not the D ball that made you fat, it's the fucking McDonalds and KFC. (laughs) Right? Come on, let's let's be let's let's be real here, right? Like people like, oh bro, I'm, I'm bulking, I'm dirty bulking. Yeah, I've done it before. It's not the steroids that, that necessarily make you look like that. You know, you, I know guys who did contest prep on DECA. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's, it's not that stuff that makes you fat. So it's, it's kind of like, the, like it's the diet choices that you make, right? Just because you're taking all this sort of stuff, it doesn't give you an excuse to eat like a pig. Yeah, some yeah. junk food is fine sometimes, but just control it, man. You're, yeah, you're, a body, you're, you're a bodybuilder, you're an athlete, you know, even sumo wrestlers, they don't eat junk, sumo wrestlers <laughs> eat a lot of clean food, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, athlete. yeah. So uh, act like, it can act be like a temptation,
2: one. it can be a temptation, can't it, to use yeah. uh, steroids to be able to eat a lot of junk food, but uh, if you do that, you yeah. will not meet your, your goals.
3: Yeah, I mean, like, you remember, like, GH15, you remember the GH15, right, on the forums? Yeah. Where, where he's like, oh, you know, you just get your girl to get you the best pint of ice cream, and uh, you have to eat ice cream every night, because on Tremblone and GH at these dosages, you won't get fat. But you well, eat a whole so, pint some, of ice cream every a night. Bit
2: of, a little bit of ice cream can definitely go a long ways, uh, yeah, but, but the rest of the day, you got to be yeah. eating
3: clean. Yeah, but not a whole pint of ice cream, man. <laughs> Every night, nah, man. I I I a little bit, definitely, but don't. Over, I wouldn't overdo it, to be honest with you. But that's probably because I'm coming from a, a point where I'm an endomorph, right? I know mm-hmm. that some ectomorphs they can get away with that, but me, uh, sorry, bro, I can't. I don't know about you, Dan, but I'm talking. No about ice cream serious. for you, huh? A little bit, yeah, but not a whole pint of Ben and Jerry's. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah yeah i think the ben and jerry's kind that's that's a more fat game type be better off with just uh maybe a, a vanilla ice cream adding it to your protein shake or or some something real basic like that
3: um,
2: <laughs> supplementing yeah, your regular
3: whole food diet yeah, yeah uh, i mean yeah definitely like remember so you, you had uh sorry Ben, remember you had kevin on the podcast yeah kevin dalzufo yeah right and you were like you know, you need a little bit of junk because it's good for the, it's good for you mentally, right? So that he you eats know a lot that. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, he 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 eats a lot of junk. Yeah, that's fine, but like it, it helps. There there is a use for it. You know, a little bit of a break from your diet to keep you mentally going because bodybuilding is a cumulative thing. It's not. Uh, I'm gonna do it for twenty weeks and then I'm gonna be a slob for the rest. No, you stay consistent, right? So you know you get these mm-hmm. small breaks. That's gonna help you keep pushing through. Cumulative.
2: Yep. So Hidden Patriot, um, don't use the steroids. If you're you're worried about getting diabetes or you're pre-diabetic, don't use the steroids for um, being like as an excuse for just, uh, you know, really trying to have a party type of diet. Um, But the testosterone is not going to give you diabetes. In fact, it's going to uh, make it so that diabetes or its symptoms are less uh, prevalent. But the two um, bodybuilding substances that will have a negative effect on your blood sugar are growth hormone use and insulin use. So you should stay away from those. Mm-hmm. All right. The last question of the day is from Adam who asks, Hey man, have you heard or have any experience with a new steroid called Alphalone 100 has a heavy price tag of 140 uk for a bottle description mentions it's reserved for high-end olympic athletes and the ingredients are secret just curious okay so after he asked me this i went and looked it up and, and saw you know looked at what it was and basically it was a an underground lab who was uh they had a a bottle that they they um, labeled alpha alone and they said, um, you know, we're not going to say what steroids are inside this bottle or what's inside this bottle, but we are going to tell you that it's very strong. And it's like a combination of, of, of a bunch of the strongest experimental steroids. And uh, it's usually reserved for only high end top level athletes, but we're giving you access to it. And so my, my first, you know, that's, that's a great marketing, I guess. You, you know, it's but you know what uh for one thing why would you put something that you had no idea what it was into you for, that's number one thing and then the second thing is uh what the hell is that uh you don't need that what the hell you're you're just a normal guy
3: don't reinvent the wheel that's all i'm going to say you know, <laughs> there, there's there's no point reinventing the wheel honestly like uh And why would, like you said, why would you put something that you don't know what it is in your body? I could be selling you like, I don't know, test, test probe, right? And uh, I'm going to say it's this, and you're going to pay 140 pounds for a bottle of test probe, when in the UK, you can probably get a bottle of test probe for like, what, 40 pounds, 50 pounds, depending where you get it from. Come on, man. Mm -hmm. It's a, uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's a rip off. And even like, uh, you've, you've heard of, uh, Trestalone, right?
2: Trestalone. Yeah. that's the same. say ment meant,
3: Yeah. Man. Yeah. Like I wouldn't even, nah, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even use meant to be honest with you. Um, I know, I know there are a few guys that talk very highly about it, but, uh, there's not enough research that's been that's been done, and people haven't used it for as long. So I don't. It's just like all these new SARMs and stuff like that. You know, all these modern modern kinds of things. I, I personally believe that you just stick to the, the tried, and tested. You know, the gold standard that everyone's been using for, for these years, and you can't really go wrong. Right? Yeah, exactly.
2: The so with the the kind of psychology they're trying to appeal to you with that is there. It's the same thing about the taking the massive dosages of Clenbuterol or something. They're trying to sell you a pill or a potion that's going to overcome your or make you believe, oh, well, if I just have this, then I'll be able to overcome my inability to stick to the basics or to go learn what I need, the information I need, to be able to psycho- psychologically get to a point where I can stick to the basics and the fundamentals. Because you're trying to say, Oh, okay, you know, it's this special one that the athletes have, the high end athletes have. And now if I take this magic potion, now I'm gonna be able to achieve my goals that I can't achieve with the normal tools that are have always been available to everyone. So you don't need that. It's a marketing ploy. Stick to the fundamentals.
3: Athletes can't take a lot of steroids, like skill athletes and skill positions and stuff like that. Like Dan, you try you you try sprinting on Windstraw or you try having D-ball or whatever, or even like test, you're going to cramp up. That's really hard to do that. So athletes can't actually take a lot of steroids, to be honest with you. They're athletes, not bodybuilders. It's a different thing. In bodybuilding,
0: yeah,
3: in bodybuilding, where what we do um, in the gym is very different from the competition because in the competition, you're posing on stage and you're not really posing in the gym. You're, you're, you're tearing down your muscles and you know, it's more like a sport in the gym, whereas on the stage, it's more like a posing, like a beauty pageant type thing. So that's why they got, they can use these like massive dosages. But athletes, you know, like a basketball player, a football player, or American football player, man, you, you can't be on high dosages. It's going to be impossible for you to perform, you know, to the level you need to perform at. Yep, yeah. so that's the thing. All right,
2: well, that was the last question for today. So thanks, Justin, for coming on the podcast. It was a
3: pleasure having you on, bro. Nah, bro. It's an honor to be on the podcast. Fan as well,
0: you know. So. If you would like your questions to be answered on the Steroids Podcast, go to steroidspodcast.com and leave a comment with your questions or email or private message steroidspodcast at gmail.com or steroidspodcast.com on Instagram. Until next time.